Thank you for joining me today. I'm Robert Congdon, Director of CMI-TV. As we look at the events surrounding us today, we cannot avoid stopping to think about our world and the major issues we face. Riots, calls for defunding the police, violence both within the law and without, strained relationships between people within the country, and a growing distrust of the news media and governments. People are asking, where is this world going? Is there any future? Will it all collapse? Interestingly, I asked the same questions and wondered about the same things many years ago. At that time, I was a mechanical engineer designing diesel automotive engines for the farm, highway, and construction industry. My immediate world was a comfortable world of order, where my engines behaved predictably, did their job, and did it well. When problems did develop, I calmly and systematically thought them through and came to good solutions. It was all within my control. But outside my immediate world of engineering and my family was a world in chaos. Yes, during those days, there were wars, protests, and riots, just like today. One day in discussing concerns about that world with my wife's uncle, he explained to me how I could make sense of it, all by offering me a new perspective on history. He showed me that there was a plan that had purpose and direction for the world, a plan of design and order. Now many, many years later, after much thought, reading, and study, I continue to see the magnificence of that orderly plan he showed me. Please join me now as I show you this plan, devised and ordered by a very exacting and precise God, the designer and author of history, who has revealed his plan and purposes for unfolding events throughout our world's history. 25 centuries ago, God outlined his plan for history's events via a man who, incidentally, held a high office in the government of his day. That man, Daniel, showed that God's plan is precise, even specifying the exact number of days to which certain future events would take place. I realized that if God could do that, he must be a truly purposeful, wise, powerful, and trustworthy God a being who cannot be taken by surprise, one who has everything under his control. Let us look at the precision of his plan so that we may better understand this God who is in control, the God of history. As we look at this plan, revealed through the prophet Daniel, I hope you will realize that it is the indispensable chronological key to understanding world history. The Chronological Key to Biblical Prophecy God revealed this indispensable chronological key to his plan for history through the book of Daniel. Beginning in verse 24 of chapter 9 we read, Seventy weeks are determined upon thy, that's Daniel's people, and upon the holy city. The holy city is Jerusalem. This introductory phrase 
focuses our attention on Daniel's people, the Jewish people of Israel, who at that time were in exile in the land of Babylon. This captivity began in 605 BC for the two tribes of Judah and Benjamin that are known as the southern kingdom of Israel. We read of this historical event in 2 Kings 24 in verses 12 through 15. And Jehoiachin, the king of Judah, went out to the king of Babylon, he and his mother and his servants and his princes and his officers. And the king of Babylon took him in the eighth year of his reign. Now moving to verse 14. And he carried away all Jerusalem and all the princes and all the mighty men of valor, even 10,000 captives, and all the craftsmen and the smiths, none remained, save the poorest sort of the people of the land. And he carried away Jehoiakim to Babylon, and the king's mother, and the king's wives, his officers, and the mighty of the land. Those carried he into captivity from Jerusalem to Babylon. When this event took place, the ten tribes of northern Israel already were in exile in Assyria, where they had been taken back in 722 BC. That was 117 years earlier than now the tribes of Judah and Benjamin being taken captive. As we study the significance of this chronological key, dates and times will be important to us. You see, our God is very precise and exacting. Thus, through these dates and times, his exactness will help us to appreciate him even more. For he's not only is the author of the Bible, but also is the Almighty and Most High who controls history. Following the deportation of these Jewish captives, including the prophet Daniel, to Babylon, a significant period of world history began. The Lord Jesus Christ himself titled this time period, he called it the times of the Gentiles in Luke 21, verse 24, where he said, And they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Just as we saw in Daniel chapter 9, verse 24, Christ's statement directs our attention to a time when the Jewish people, the nation of Israel, and the city of Jerusalem will be in subjection to Gentile nations. Daniel specified the duration of this time as being for 70 weeks. Now, historical records reveal that Jerusalem has been under Gentile control from 586 B.C. up to our very day. For even now, Jerusalem is a divided city that is influenced and in some ways controlled by the Gentile powers of the world. Since this subjugation has lasted for over 2,500 years, it's obvious that the 70-week time period specified by Daniel in our English Bible could not be a literal 70 weeks or 490 days as we understand it. Or otherwise, the prophecy of Daniel would have failed after those 490 days had elapsed and no Messiah had come. In order to reconcile this length of time with Daniel's term, we simply need to understand the meaning of the Hebrew word shabuim, that Daniel used 
for weeks, which is repeated twice at the start of that verse. Thus it is Shabuim, Shabuim, or literally seventy sevens. Thus the phrase seventy weeks in our English Bible would be better translated seventy periods of seven, which I'm going to shorten and use seventy sevens when I refer to it in this video. As I've pointed out, this period of time could either be 490 days, or it could be maybe 490 months, or 490 years, all depending upon our understanding of the 77s. When we consider that this period of subjugation includes now the Jewish people rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem, the Messiah's life and death on earth, and a prince who again destroys the temple and the city of Jerusalem, <laughs> it's obvious that 490 days could never have encompassed all those events. When we then consider 490 months, or slightly over 40 years, we realize that this time designation couldn't cover all those events either. But before we jump into these 490 years as being the definition, we must first understand God's purposes for them. What is he accomplishing? What are his goals in relation to his beloved nation of Israel? The purpose of the times of the Gentiles. God's 70 weeks of Daniel have now spanned over 2,500 years during which he has and will continue to accomplish his goals related to his beloved nation of Israel and ultimately to the world. I believe he does this so that we of the church age, in addition to the Jewish people, can understand that anything happening in our world is explained by these purposes of God. Hence, this passage of Daniel is not only interesting from a chronological viewpoint, but it is also the key to unlocking why things happen in our world even today. Without it, any attempt to understand today's events is pointless, disconnected, confusing, and useless. For this reason, it's crucial that we seek to understand God's goals for this age as given to us in verse 24 of Daniel 9. There we read, Seventy weeks, or periods of seven, are determined upon thy people, Daniel's people, and upon the holy city, Jerusalem, one, to finish the transgression, and two, to make an end of sins, three, to make reconciliation for iniquity, four, to bring into everlasting righteousness, five, to seal up the vision and prophecy, and sixth, to anoint the Most Holy. That's the Messiah. Upon completion of these six goals, the unique 77s will have served their purpose both for Israel, its people, and the world. The first goal was to finish the transgression. This points to a grammatically single transgression against God by the nation of Israel. For the root meaning of this Hebrew word transgression, pesha, fundamentally indicates a singular breach of relationship as a result of their rejection of God's authority. 
This rejection forms the basis of the next five goals that follow in that verse, or the next five purposes of the 77s. In looking back upon Israel's history, Daniel, writing in 538 BC, reflected that the Babylonian captivity was nearing its end, for he, he sensed after reading scriptures that the 70 years when he wrote this were pretty well close to the end. Thus, in chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, he writes, In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years, whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Daniel is referring here to Jeremiah chapter 29 that he had been reading. So in Jeremiah 29 verse 10, we read something Daniel had read. For thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. That was to return to Jerusalem. The beginning of the 70 years was in 605 BC when God brought the king of Chaldees. Now that's Nebuchadnezzar. And he, Nebuchadnezzar the king, burnt the house of God and break down the wall of Jerusalem. And them that had escaped from the sword carried he away to Babylon, where they were servants to him and his sons until the reign of the kingdom of Persia. That's recorded in Second Chronicles chapter 36, verses 19 and 20 that I've just read. When God's purpose of the Babylonian captivity was accomplished, God promised to visit them and return to this place, which could only be Jerusalem. Now, beginning in verse 15 of 2 Chronicles 36, the writer explains why God brought Israel into captivity in the first place. We read, And the Lord God of their fathers sent to them by his messengers, rising up betimes and sending, because he had compassion on his people, that's Israel, and on his dwelling place. But they, that's Israel, mocked the messengers of God. They despised his words and misused his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people till there was no remedy. Skipping to verse 21. To fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths. For as long as she lay desolate, she kept Sabbath to fulfill threescore and ten years. That's the 70 years. Thus Daniel 9 ties in the prophecy of Jeremiah and links to the writings of the chronicler in Second Chronicles with the prophecy of the 77s. It's very important to understand that by removing Israel from the land, the captivity gave the land the 70 Sabbaths of rest that had been owed to the land by Israel. You see, according to the law of the land Sabbath in Leviticus 25 verses 1 through 7, every land Sabbath represented a seven-year cycle in Israel's history. In other words, six years of farming the land, and a seventh year of rest for the land itself. 
Now, national Israel had transgressed or rejected God's authority for a total of 490 years by neglecting the 70 Sabbaths that they ignored. Thus, interestingly, the period of time of 490 years suggests a similar mathematical calculation for our 70 sevens. Therefore, the captivity reconciled the land, but national Israel's sins also had to be reconciled. In other words, the land was taken care of, but now the sin of Israel had to be dealt with. For God tells us that the 70 weeks are to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity. Since the word transgression was singular in Daniel 9.24, and Israel's sins are now stated as end of sins, plural, we know that God is now including all of national Israel's sins in Daniel 9.24. Our English phrase, to make an end, is the same Hebrew word vision Daniel uses at the end of the verse. So in other words, making to make an end and to seal up the vision emphasizes the goal of the 77s. He wants you to link them together by using the same Hebrew word. Basically, when the 70 periods of seven are completed, the books of Israel's sins are forever dealt with, sealed up for God has reconciled them to his beloved nation. Because 70 weeks of Daniel 9 must include the Babylonian captivity as well as the time of the Messiah, including the destruction of Jerusalem after the Messiah and wars before its consummation, we again see that the weeks of verse 24 must be periods of seven years, not seven days. Thus, 77s, or 70 periods of seven, equals 70 times seven years, which equals a total of 490 years required to seal the breach between Israel and her God. Based on this conclusion, since 2,500 years have elapsed since the writing of this prophecy, and we believe the prophecy is correct, there must be at least one or more gaps during which the 490 years will be fulfilled. In verses 25 to 27, God divides the 70 periods of seven into seven weeks, 62 weeks, and one week, suggesting gaps or divisions during those 70 sevens. Shortly, we shall see how each of these segments are significant time indicators that would indicate gaps of years or significant gaps between events. Further, there is a gap that's not even hinted in this passage. For that gap is the mystery of the church and the Gentile participation in it. Now, biblically, and we see this in Ephesians 3, 8 through 11, chapter 5, verse 32, and Colossians 1, 25 and 27, a biblical mystery is not something unsolvable. It's something that is hidden for a period of time until God chooses to reveal it. Thus, in the Old Testament, the church is hidden. It isn't there. 
Therefore, Daniel wouldn't write about the church because it was a mystery. Therefore, we had to wait until the church age and the New Testament to understand the church, its existence, and it would be one of the gaps that we will see. Now, in addition to allowing the calling forth of the church gap, the 70 weeks will bring in everlasting righteousness, thereby sealing up or completing the vision and the prophecy. And how will it do? It will when it anoints the Most Holy, the Messiah. For Israel and her people, the 77s, or 70 periods of seven, are needed to deal with Israel's sins of rebellion against God and to bring Israel to reconcile it to God. For church-age believers, that's you and me, it is a time to call forth a bride for God's Son and for the world, it will complete God's plan of history with the establishment of a world of righteousness governed by the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. When will the age of righteousness come? Now that we see the purpose of this revelation to complete what God had begun at creation, our first question is, when is this all going to begin? When will it happen? In Daniel chapter 9, verses 25-27, God tells us, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment, that's a, a word or speech, to restore and build Jerusalem unto Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. That's sixty-nine sevens. The street shall be built again, and the wall even in troublous times. And after threescore and two weeks, that's sixty-two sevens, shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood, and unto the end of a war of desolations are determined. And he, now that's the Antichrist, shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, and in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and oblation to cease. For the overspreading of abominations he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation, and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. From this passage, we can establish the beginning of the 69 sevens by searching secular and biblical history to find a Gentile king's decree or word that specifically affects the Jewish people, the city of Jerusalem, and significantly its streets and walls. Once we determine the decree that fulfills that, we can apply mathematics to determine when the Messiah the Prince is cut off or will die, thereby ending the 69 sevens. The solution to these time events will enable us to understand what the 70th seven is and what that means to God's plan of history. We must begin by determining the correct decree in history. There are three possible decrees in Scripture that involved reconstruction at the city of Jerusalem. 
The three candidates are Cyrus's decree of 538-37 BC, Darius' decree of 519 BC, and Artaxerxes' decree of 445 BC. The key to finding the right decree requires also that the street shall be built again and the wall in Jerusalem. Now, we need to understand, historically the Hebrew word street is a reference not just to any street in the city, but to the city center or plaza located very close to the main gate of the wall. This phrase that combines street and wall indicates that this is the center of the security of the city's commercial vitality and life because it would be defended best by the gates and the wall. Now let's determine which decree involves the restoration of Jerusalem, its street or plaza, and its walls that would result in the restoration of the city's commercial vitality. We'll take first Cyrus's decree of 538 or 537 BC. In Ezra chapter 5 verse 13 we read, But in the first year of Cyrus the king of Babylon, the same King Cyrus made a decree to build this house of God. Now focus here at the word this house of God. That term is a clear reference to the temple. It makes no mention of the city or the walls. Therefore, we must rule the decree out. Another candidate is Darius's decree of 519 B.C. In Ezra chapter 6, in verse 7, we read, Let the governor of the Jews and the elders of the Jews build this house of God in his place. And in verse 8, For the building of this house of God. Again, this is a reference to the temple. No mention of street or walls. Therefore, we have to rule this decree out also. A third candidate is Artaxerxes' decree of 445 B.C. In Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 3, we read, The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. As we look at the major context of Nehemiah, it's about the restoring of the walls of the city. The fact that the walls had to be rebuilt tells us that the two previous decrees did not allow or even permit the walls to be built, allowing the defense of the city's center, the street, to keep it secure. You may want to look at Ezra chapter 4, verses 17 to 22. You see, those earlier decrees merely affected the temple. Additionally, we find Artaxerxes specifically prohibited restoration of the walls in an earlier decree recorded in Ezra 4, verses 19 to 21. There in verse 21 of Ezra 4, we read that the prohibition against rebuilding the wall would continue until another commandment, that's a decree, another commandment shall be given from me, the me being Artaxerxes. This new decree came in 445 BC when Artaxerxes reverses his decree of Ezra 4 and grants Nehemiah permission to restore the walls of the city. He does this by giving Nehemiah letters of permission recorded in Nehemiah chapter 2. Thus we read in verse 9 that when Nehemiah returns to Israel, he came to the governors beyond the river 
and gave them the king's letters or the decree of Artaxerxes of 445 BC. Without doubt, it is this final decree of Artaxerxes in 445 BC that fits the three conditions of the Daniel's prophecy of the beginning of the 77s. These conditions were the restoration of the city of Jerusalem, its streets, and its wall. As we have seen from the time of the decree to the Messiah's being cut off or death would be 69 weeks or 69 sevens. We now have to do the mathematics to determine if 445 BC as the start of the 69 weeks brings us to the time of Jesus Christ's death in Jerusalem. Therefore, we first must define Daniel's term weeks in our English Bible or sevens in the Hebrew Bible in Daniel 9.24. Assuming that the term weeks or sevens of Daniel 9.24 means something beyond seven literal days, as suggested by the English meaning of week, we need to consider other possibilities for the biblical unit of seven in this passage. The probability of seven representing years is great, and thus 77s would be 490 years, and 69 sevens would be 483 years, both of which brings us closer to the time of Jesus Christ upon the earth. We'll begin by determining the biblical length of a year in terms of days, and then we will take that, apply it to the calendars, and we will see if 69 weeks will bring us to a significant point in the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ here on the earth. Before we begin these calculations of looking at the Bible, comparing weeks and trying to see how they fit to days and how long is a Hebrew month, etc., we're going to pause in this video and give you a chance to stop, look over your notes, and perhaps review the video before we do that more in-depth study of not only what is a week according to Daniel, but will this in fact bring us to one of the most significant days in our Lord Jesus Christ's ministry here on the earth. Please join us in part two. We look forward to having you here again with us. And now until that point, may the Lord bless you mightily. We'll either see you here or in the air.